if you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I was doing my breakfast dishes this morning, turned the garbage disposal on, and then heard that terrible noise when you know something is in the disposal, but like you can totally tell the damage has already been done. Sure enough, it was an easy peasy tiny spoon, totally shredded, which if I've learned anything about these baby lead weaning spoons from easy peasy is that the garbage disposal and the dog both love them. And I was bummed because it's one of my favorite colors that they make the light gray line, which is called pewter. But my garbage disposal disaster, I guess it came at just the right time because Easy Peasy is having their annual Mother's Day sale from this Friday to Sunday. So May 10th to 12th, you can get 20% off all of the Easy Peasy feeding gear with the affiliate discount code BLWMOM on orders of $50 or more. So this is a great time to stock up at 20% off because my regular easy peasy code is usually only for 10% off. So this bump up to 20% off is nice, but it's just for three days. So head to easypeasyfun.com to grab tiny spoons, their tiny cups, and the best suction mats and bowls for baby lead weaning. They have a really cool new bundle maker on their website if you want to group or piece a few items together or If you just don't want to think about it, then just grab one of the Easy Peasy First Foods sets. It has everything you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. That code is BLWMOM for 20% off Easy Peasy orders of $50 or more now through Sunday, May 12th at easypeasyfun.com. And happy Mother's Day to you. So this mom's saying when I put the food out on the baby's plate, he always goes for the fruit first and then he doesn't want to eat anything except the fruit. He starts yelling and crying because he wants more fruit. Now I'm only feeding him fruit. What should I do? Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Katie Ferraro. I'm a registered dietitian and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. And we're talking today about fruit. More specifically, will offering fruit before vegetables make your baby crave sweet foods? Now, this is a question I get all of the time. We're going to dive deep today to look at whether or not that is true. And I'm also going to provide you with some ideas on how you can safely serve your baby a variety of fruit, but not overdo it. So as I do with every episode, I want to start you off with a baby led weaning tip of the day. When it comes to fruit, It is okay to skip a meal or a day or even a few days and not serve fruit. I call this the fruit vacation. And I love fruit as much as the next mom, but too much of a good thing is not a good thing. So we're going to talk about today how to regulate your baby's fruit intake so we're not overdoing it. Because I know you probably know this, the babies cannot thrive on fruit alone. As another fruit aside, I'm going to share with you guys today why I don't like this trend that you see a lot in baby led weaning of offering your baby a half of a banana 
with the peel still on the lower quarter. Parents say, oh, it's a handle. It makes it easier for them to hold. I call this the banana lipstick. I have a much easier and safer way to serve your baby banana that avoids keeping the peel on, but can still facilitate self-feeding. So I'll get to that today. So let's talk a little bit about fruit. This is certainly not a fruit bashing episode, and I want to lay it out there that there's no hard and fast evidence that says, oh, don't feed your baby fruit because they'll have an affinity for sweet foods. We want to introduce our babies to a wide variety of foods. And you know, in the diet culture for parents, there's often, or adults rather, there certain food groups get what we call a health halo, right? One year it'll be fat. Everyone's on a high fat diet. Fat is better than protein or carb. And then the next year it'll be protein. Everyone's eating more protein and there's something bad about carbs and fats and so on and so forth. But the reality is that all of the food groups are important. They all provide their own things, right? They might be an opportunity for your baby to try a unique texture like meat. Some foods have more iron like meats and certain plant foods, whereas fruit, as wonderful as it is because it has a good source of water, it has um, vitamins, particularly vitamin C, which can help your baby absorb iron. It's got fiber. There's no protein in fruit. There's no iron in fruit. So fruit has value, but by itself, it is not superior or inferior to the other food groups. So we need to remember that exposure to all food groups in infancy provides your baby with the familiarity that they'll need, not only to get a good variety of the nutrients and have a well-balanced diet, but also to continue to like and accept those foods into toddlerhood. We talk a lot about picky eating, that some degree of picky eating is inevitable starting in the second year of life. You guys with older children know that, but this approach where we're trying to offer baby the widest variety of foods and flavors, tastes, and textures early and often, we know that that helps raise an independent eater and prevent picky eating. So while your baby might be slightly picky going into that second year of life, having had a greater variety of foods early on in the weaning period from six to 12 months of life, being exposed to a greater variety, being able to accept a greater variety of foods If you lose a few of those foods to picky eating in the second year, it's not that big of a deal if you still got 80 or 90 other foods that your baby will eat. So that's why I developed the 100 First Foods approach to starting solids with baby-led weaning. And in my 100 First Foods approach, there's a category that's called fruits. Every The first day of every week, we do five new foods a week. I offer a new fruit. Monday's fruit day. But Tuesday's vegetable day, Wednesday's a new starch, Thursday's a new protein, and then Friday I do a new challenge food. So the challenge category has like the big eight allergenic foods and some of the trickier textures and more complex flavors that your baby maybe doesn't always get the opportunity to try, but certainly can. But I, I have a list of 100 different foods your baby can try, and 20 of them are fruits. Parents will say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you feed the baby fruit before vegetables. Well, theoretically, if you only fed your baby fruit, then... They wouldn't eat vegetables because they never had the opportunity to be exposed to them. But just so you know, there's nothing wrong with offering your baby fruit. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma. 
but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Older babies will say, or parents of older babies will say, but now my baby's only eating fruit. And that's what we're going to strategize about today, how we can help keep that variety going um, as the baby starts to prefer fruit. So I have a list of 100 foods. You guys can grab it on my free online workshop, which is called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. How to get your baby to try 100 foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches. And you can sign up for this week's workshop times. If you go to the show notes for this episode, there's a link there. That's blwpodcast.com slash 23. This is episode 23. Will offering fruit before vegetables make your baby crave sweet foods? The answer is no, but there are some nuances about fruit we need to be aware of. So please keep in mind that a baby may need to see a food 10 to 15 times or more before he or she likes or accepts it. So when it comes to vegetables, sometimes parents will say, oh, I tried beets once, she turned up her nose at it, let's go back to offering bananas because that's the only food she'll eat. It's kind of like I used to do adult weight management when parents would say that all their kids would eat is fast food. Like, well, who's driving through the drive-thru at the fast food place? Is it the five-year-old? No, it's the parents. If all we serve is fruit or fast food, that's all our babies will learn how to eat. So I value fruit very much. However, it's one component of your baby's diet. And it's okay if a meal that you offer does not have fruit. I'm surprised by how many parents, when they hear that, are surprised. Wait, what? It's okay to serve a breakfast without fruit? Heck yeah. We want to have a variety of foods at meals, but every meal doesn't have to feature every food group. That I don't like to see parents offering more than three foods to a baby at a mealtime. It's overwhelming. So if let's say you have the way I like to prepare a meal is let's say you have a silicone suction mat. I use the easy peasy mini mat. It has two, two ounce portions and one four ounce portion. I'll put the carbohydrate starchy food in the smiley face, the four ounce portion and the two little eyeball pockets of that mat or plate are two ounces. I'll do a small portion of protein and a small portion of fruit or vegetable. I don't do both at a meal. I don't do fruit and vegetable, which means that about half of the meals I'm offering just vegetable as well as protein and carb, but I'm not offering fruit. If you can get into the habit of keeping that rotation, I like to say it keeps your baby on his or her toes. We don't want to trick your baby, but we also don't want to continually offer the foods that we know our baby likes because what happens is they become conditioned to expect that food. So parents will say, I'm trying new foods, but if they don't eat it at the end of the meal, I just finish them off with a pouch because I want to make sure that she's getting enough. Remember, we're not so concerned about how much our baby is eating early on, but rather giving the opportunity for our babies to learn how to eat, including all of the food groups which includes vegetables and sometimes is a meal or a day or even a few days without fruit. We don't want to go too long without, without doing fruit, but you get the point. It's okay to not do fruit every meal. So again, there's no evidence to suggest that offering fruit first will cause an affinity for sweet foods. Okay. 
We do need to offer foods 10 to 15 times before a baby might like or accept it. So keep on trying some of those more bitter vegetables that maybe your baby's not having as frequently as they are the sweeter fruits. When it comes to fruit, there are a few caveats here. First of all, we offer our babies real intact fruits. We don't want to serve fruit juice. Okay. The American Academy of Pediatrics says no juice until 12 months of age. That's a nice thing for us to remember. We don't even have to go back and forth about how much fruit babies should have. They don't need fruit. Babies should eat their fruit, not drink it. There's a couple of reasons why. Uh, First of all, fruit does not have fiber. So one of the benefits of eating fruit is getting fiber, which is important for your baby's gut health. And we don't want to load your baby up on fiber, but a low fiber juice, what happens when you extract all of the juice from the fruit when you're making juice, right? You're essentially leaving the pulp, which is where all the fiber is, out of what the baby's consuming. Not to mention that there's the potential for overconsumption with juice, right? You could easily drink a cup of juice, which might be the equivalent of four oranges. Now, you wouldn't sit down and eat four oranges, and you probably don't need to, but there's the potential for overconsumption and consumption of excess calories, which in turn could lead to unwanted weight gain. So babies do not need juice. Furthermore, babies who walk around with sippy cups full of juice or even watered down juice, we don't need to do that. It contributes to dental caries or cavities if the baby's always having the sweet juice bathing their teeth. So babies should drink breast milk or formula. That's it. In the next episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about water and why I don't recommend giving babies water until age one. But just know that formula or breast milk will cut it as far as your baby's fluid needs go in the first year of life. Your baby can eat real fruit, right? If we don't have juice, what should we have? One of the problems with the whole packaged baby food and pouch industry is that if you look at pouches that are marketed as this has kale or this has quinoa, more often than not, it also has applesauce or pear puree or another sweet fruit, which is fine because babies can have soft cooked apples. Babies can have soft cooked pears. Babies can have homemade prune puree. Your baby can have real intact versions of these fruits, they don't have to mask the flavor of the vegetable, which is parents will say, oh, my baby's eating kale. No, your baby's eating green colored applesauce with a smidge of kale in it. And then when they go to try to feed the baby regular kale, oh, they won't eat it. Well, because they're used to having every fruit or vegetable squeeze into their mouth that essentially tastes like applesauce. So pouches oftentimes include a vegetable, but they're masked in that familiar sweet taste. And look at the ingredient list of some of the pouches out there. It's completely unnecessary in order to get your baby to eat kale to hide it in applesauce. Of course, babies love applesauce. It's sweet, but there's many other safe ways that you can serve your baby greens that don't require you hiding it in applesauce and squeezing it into your baby's mouth. And as you know, there's no developmental or feeding milestone that says your baby needs to be able to suck sweet purees out of a pouch. We can totally bypass feeding our baby's pouches because there are safe ways that babies can eat the intact versions of all of the fruits and vegetables that are oftentimes unnecessarily put into pouches. So fruit, as wonderful as it is because it contains vitamin C and it contains a variety of different tastes for your baby. It contains fiber. It contains water. Fruit alone is not a complete diet. So we sometimes see these plates piled high with fruits for babies. Yes, they're very colorful and they appear to be healthy, but please keep in mind that fruit by itself is insufficient to meet any human being's 
needs to promote growth and actually can be quite harmful because it doesn't have other important nutrients. So your baby can eat real fruit. But let's talk about the forms that we serve fruit in because sometimes parents will say, well, my baby, I want to serve fruit, but it's very slippery and I don't want to frustrate my baby. So this concept of the banana lipstick comes up again. So I mentioned it at the top of the episode, but have you guys seen this trend in baby led weaning where people will take a banana and cut it in half with the peel on. So now you have a half of a banana and they'll take the bottom half and they'll leave half of the half. So the bottom quarter of the banana, they'll leave the peel on and then take the second quarter, basically remove the peel. So the baby can hold on to the banana handle and they kind of end up just smearing the banana around their face. Like, oh, this is an easy way for the baby to eat a banana. I don't like this practice for a number of reasons. First of all, the baby's smearing the peel around their mouth, and they're essentially putting the peel and all the potential pathogens from the outside of the peel into their mouth. The, The point of the peel is that it is the protective casing that should be removed in order to explode, expose rather the flesh of the banana, which is what your baby should be eating. Like agreed, we don't eat banana peels, right? So why do we give our babies the banana peel, which I don't know about you, but I do not have time to wash the outside of my bananas. I prefer to remove the peel and serve the baby the banana. Well, parents say, but then how do they pick it up? They need the peel to pick it up. No, they don't. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Here's the way that I recommend doing bananas. First of all, be normal. Take the peel off. Then what I do is I cut the banana long ways into quarters and I cut it halfway down the middle as well so you basically can cut your banana into eight spears so if you take the bottom half of the banana with no peel cut that into four long spears so each one would be about the size of your pinky finger obviously depends on how big your banana is and then I'll serve the baby two or three spears of the banana out of a silicone suction mat or bowl. So if you're just doing a single food, I like the easy peasy tiny bowl. It's a five ounce portion. You don't fill the whole thing up, but you put two or three slices or four, depending upon how into fruit your baby is, or one of them might drop on the floor. One of them might end up in their hair. Part of one might end up in their mouth. And remember early on, your baby is not eating very much and that is typical and that is fine. But if you have the silicone suction mat, your baby can, even before they have their pincer grasp, which for most babies doesn't happen until about eight months of age, they can scoop or rake the banana strips, those little spears, up and out of the bowl by themselves if they have that silicone barrier against which they can maneuver the banana, right? So we're promoting and facilitating self-feeding without having to have the baby put the disgusting banana peel in their mouth. Okay, or smear it all over their face, which is not the way that we're trying to encourage them to learn how to eat. So the strips of banana, yes, it might be a little slippery at first. And it's okay if the baby is struggling a little bit. We we see our baby struggling. We want to jump in and dive in and save them and make things easier for them. But part of learning how to eat also includes learning how to pick up slippery foods. And so for most babies, after a little bit of practice, they will get the hang of even before they have their pincer grasp, scooping and raking and using that palmer grasp to get the strips of banana up and out and into their mouth. For some of the other fruits out there, for example, let's say you do 
baked apple slices. One of my favorite ways to serve babies apples is to peel them, to quarter it, to core, so cut out the middle part, and then to cook apple slices, cut it in eight or whatever, eight or six pieces, depends how big your apple is, and cook it in a little bit of water just for a few minutes till it softens up before it becomes applesauce. You can make your own applesauce if you want to, but we don't serve babies hard or raw, crunchy pieces of apple or pear, but you can cook them and soften them, but then they're kind of slippery. So you can roll your baby's slippery cooked fruit slices in something that will provide it with a little traction. So another good example of this is avocado slices. Babies love to eat avocado, but it is pretty hard early on for them to pick up those slippery pieces. So think about the things in your pantry. I often like to roll the slippery fruits in something that provides traction, but extra credit if you also can provide iron as well, because fruit, of course, doesn't have iron. And when we're making a baby meal, it's nice to try to include iron. So I roll slippery fruit in, for example, you can do wheat germ is one that I have randomly in my, I did it the other day. I just found it in my pantry. Good iron source. Oat bran, if you have that. If you have infant cereal powder, so people say, oh, you don't use rice cereal. I don't serve babies iron fortified rice cereal because there's many other foods that they can eat. But having rice cereal powder on hand is nice sometimes as an ingredient for cooking with certain things or just rolling the baby's apple slices in that. You could also do formula powder, although it tends to be more expensive than rice cereal. So if you want to get an opportunity to give a little bit of iron, think about the things that you could roll the baby's fruit in. You also can just do crushed up iron fortified. Like if I have the bottom of cereal that my bigger kids are eating, I'll just crush the bottom of the bag, whatever crumbs are left. And we generally only buy iron fortified cereals with minimal or no added sugar. So you can use those cereal crumbs, just crush them really fine so that the baby doesn't choke on it. Okay. So you can roll your fruit in iron containing foods, powders, crushed up cereals. Uh, even I sometimes will do crushed up if I have leftover panko breadcrumbs. I mean, really anything that's kind of a powder, you could make that extra traction for your baby, make it less slippery. Um, serving it out of a bowl, though, is helpful for facilitating self-feeding. We don't want to serve the food directly on the high chair tray because then the baby smears it all over the place, and then that gets really frustrating. So yes, offer your baby's fruit. No, don't offer your baby's fruit juice. It's okay to go a few days without fruit because babies may need to see those vegetables that you're worried they're not going to eat 10 or 15 times a day. Or maybe you do fruit at lunch and then we have vegetables at dinner. But don't get in the habit of finishing off a meal with a familiar fruit thinking, oh, well, I know the baby will eat it and I want to make sure she gets enough. And don't do that with a pouch either. Your baby will become conditioned to expect that. And then they'll continually realize, I don't have to eat any of this new stuff that's out there. She's just going to give me a pouch or whatever fruit it is that I love after the fact. Remember that even, especially very early on in baby led weaning, your baby doesn't eat much food and that's okay because the majority of the baby's nutrition is still coming from formula or breast milk as they're learning how to eat. Now your bigger babies, when they get close, you know, 10, 11 months of age, they know how to eat. It's all coming together. They start playing tricks on you, dropping food on the floor, refusing certain foods they might've had previously. Don't worry. Don't fill them up on milk because we know that hungrier babies will perform and engage better at mealtime. Your six or seven month old though, that baby does not know how yet to respond to the feeling of hunger and alleviating it with food because your baby's still learning how to eat. Your older baby, uh, there's a mom that messaged me yesterday and she said, when I put all the food in my plate, she has an older baby, my baby always goes for the fruit first or the baby's 
plate. And then he doesn't want to eat anything besides fruit. He starts yelling and crying because he wants more. What can I do? For some babies, especially older babies, they recognize fruit. So I have one of my sons, Gussie, the twin, who is the my sixth child. If he sees bananas, even as an older baby, if he saw bananas, he would scream bloody murder and not eat anything. I literally had to remove the bananas from the fruit bowl and the fruit bowl from his line of vision in order to help him concentrate at mealtime. Because the second he saw banana, it was all over. He wasn't going to eat anything else. But out of sight, out of mind, if he only saw the vegetables, the meat, whatever the carb was on the plate, especially as an older baby and being able to respond to his hunger cues, he's more inclined to eat that. Some days he might eat it, some days he might not. That's okay. okay. And as your baby gets older, it seems counterintuitive, but the rate of growth actually slows down. So some parents will be like, my baby's almost one and actually started eating less than he did when he was eight or nine months of age. That's okay. Our goal here is not to force X or Y amount of food on our babies. Okay. Babies should be allowed to respond to their own internal hunger and fullness cues. It's our job to offer them a variety of foods early and often, all the different food groups, but not all at every meal. So it's okay to skip fruit on occasion and offering fruit before vegetables will not make your baby crave sweet foods. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. From the terrifying power of tornadoes to sizzling summer temperatures, AccuWeather Daily brings you the top trending weather-related story of the day, seven days a week. You can learn a lot in just a few minutes with stories about impending hurricanes, winter storms, or even what not to miss in the night sky. So listen and subscribe to AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts.